everybody, welcome to Into the Tussle Weekly Presidential News. My name is Quinn Mitchell. I'm a 15-year-old political enthusiast from New Hampshire. And I have been to 80 presidential rallies, and I've met 35-plus candidates giving me a unique perspective into the presidential process, which I will be sharing today. Today we will be talking about my experience with Donald Trump. Uh, this seemed like a good time to talk about it, considering the indictment from the Georgia prosecutors on Monday night, uh, indicting 18 defendants, uh, in addition to Trump, with 41 charges and 30 unindicted uh, co-conspirators. Um, the charge, the most infamous charge I think that comes to my mind is his 2020 call to Georgia Secretary of State Brad uh, Raffensperger asked him to find uh, 11,800 votes. So that's the one that comes to mind for me. So let, let, let's get started. Uh, my first experience with Donald Trump was a April 27th rally for him. Um, and I went into this rally thinking I wanted to figure out why he had this base of support so strong. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like this uh, for a while in American history where a politician has just this hardcore support from this base. He would go to hell and back with him and, and would never really think about voting for another candidate other than Trump. So I went into that with that kind of baffling thought in my mind and I went into the rally at 12 I met this woman as we waited in line we talked for three hours probably two three hours while we were waiting in line um, we talked about uh, vaccine safety abortion gun rights uh, his uh, social media posts uh, his sexual harassment charges we talked about a lot of issues, and what I actually found that she and a lot of supporters in the MAGA movement veer right to Trump on a lot of issues. Uh, I, I've been thinking uh, probably um, abortion. They definitely veer right a lot on that. Um, and they also just have these wild theories um, you never really hear uh, anywhere but in the Trump base that Trump never really talks about or acknowledges. And I found that a lot of his speech isn't about policy, but it's about his personal interest and uh, indictments or insulting Joe Biden. There really isn't any other politician whose speech is just that, 100% that. Um, and it's very interesting to see. So, again, I talked to this woman for a while. I eventually got into the event. Uh, when I got into the event, I met two people, two notable people in the MAGA movement, Caroline Olivier, who was, uh, ran for Congress in the district over for me. She ran against the incumbent Chris Pappas and lost about 10 to 15 points. I also met Brian Glynn, um, an RSN, RSBN host. RSBN is like Right Side Broadcasting Network. There's, they are Trump's news network. They are very, very, very biased, and they acknowledge that. Um, he, I actually later found out that he is Marjorie Taylor Greene's boyfriend, which I found wild. Uh, we didn't have, we didn't have an intelligent conversation at all. We just talked about the best candy. So definitely not a. I we could have had a way better conversation. And uh, got into the venue eventually, and I went to this little side place. 
and what I have noticed, a lot of, pretty much every single politician draws some mentally ill people to different extents, but Trump has a lot, a lot, a lot of mentally ill people who go to his events, I've noticed. Uh, it's just obvious by their actions and how they uh, reacted to his speech and how much they were shouting. Like, I never, a lot of events I go to, the sound is just, the crowd, the crowd is just respectful, laid back, allowing the candidate time to speak, uh, not shouting at all. Trump's crowd, during his speech, was just, like, shouting the whole time. Biden, crime family, Biden, the Bidens are communists. And, you know, in this event, I really hoped that Trump would take questions, and he actually did. And my question was actually about the fact that his supporters and Trump himself likes to compare himself, and not compare, I mean portray himself as a better president than I think, um, than the, in my opinion, the two, now these are the ones that come to mind, when you think of the greatest president in American history, these two come to mind, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington, they lived in such momentous times, such challenging times in our history, uh, Washington, first of all, his actions before his presidency, um, were just as important or maybe even more important than his presidency. He led us through the American Revolution. He won us our independence from Great Britain, uh, Yorktown. Um, then he went on to uh, become a founding father and he set the foundation and the brick of our nation and set, um, set forth a free democracy, basically. And then Lincoln, he led us through a, a civil war you know, such an important time, you know, we had slaves' rights, we had, uh, sorry, we had states' rights, we had slavery, we also had a, a civil war going on, and all those connected, and Lincoln just led us through it to the best of his ability until he was shot in Ford's Theater in 1865 and uh, freed the slaves with the Emancipation Proclamation. So what I'm left wondering is, what the hell did Trump do to, to compare or even make himself a better president than that in times of his presidency? And his supporters, they had pictures of him photoshopped onto the Mount Rushmore, or just him with Lincoln, or him with Washington, Lincoln hugging, and they're just talking about what a better president he was than Lincoln Washington. That just really baffled me. So my question was going to be, uh, Mr. President, you often like to portray yourself as a better president than Lincoln Washington. Now, Lincoln led us through a civil war. Washington founded our nation. What did you do in your presidency that, com that could compare or make yourself a better president than that? So that was going to be my question. And he eventually did take questions, which is very surprising. He hasn't done that since 2016. And the questions he took were just pretty much softballs. He was taking, I think they were pre-selected questions. There's a lot of people up with their hands, but he was only going with like the kind of VIP people, like the leaders of the local chairs, like the NHFRW, uh, New Hampshire Federation of Republican Women. This one, uh, one person just got to ask questions three times. So none of us common folk or peasants like me got to ask a question, which was unfortunate. 
so yeah um eventually after his speech and his speech consisted of mainly insulting okay a few highlight uh, the main highlight that comes to mind is he changed the nickname of crooked hillary to crooked joe biden which was pretty funny the crowd liked that for sure um talked about china i think he talked about farm he definitely talked about farmers some um he talked about trans uh trans women in men's sports um, he gave this bizarre reenactment of a weightlifting competition, which is like your worst nightmare as a politician, and that obviously made rounds around the internet, and there's a lot of memes from it. Definitely wasn't a smart choice on his part, and, um, so actually, after that, he actually came around and started greeting the crowd, which was something I've never seen before. I positioned myself at the end. Uh, where there wasn't a lot of people, most of the people were crowding in where it was, but I thought he would work way around the barricade. And Trump only really signs or greets people in the very front row. He doesn't like to greet people two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine rows back, which was how far it was going. There was a lot of freaking people there. Um, and I positioned myself between two people, Caroline Levitt and this mentally disabled kid, who's actually a really nice kid. Uh, there was like this Operation Me Trump, so I knew Trump would want to come around and spend a lot of time amongst his friends. Where I was, um, so yeah, Trump eventually came around, and he only likes to sign and greet people who refer to him as Mr. President. I saw some people referring to him as Trump. He didn't come over and say hi to him, and eventually, I I just yelled, Mr. President, can you sign my hat? Looked at me, nodded at me, took my hat, and signed it. He gave me a really good signature on that. Um, a lot of people he gave pretty bad signatures, and. Uh, for about five minutes, he was in my section. Um, at the end, his last thing he did was shake my hand and take a picture with me. Uh, nobody else got a picture of that event, I believe. Yeah, nobody else. So the only person who got a picture with the president on the barricade. So my mom was actually outside, and she said she there's about 2,000 people in the venue, 1,000 people in again. The 1,000 people just went around and helped... Manchester's local economy, which probably definitely needed it. Uh, went to bars and pubs and all that. Uh, helped the economy. And they were all together. They were very happy. All of them were dressed in uh, MAGA red. And they were very happy to be together. And why he has a base so strong of support is because his people long for community and friends where they can voice their opinions about cancel culture or any of that just looking to be in a welcoming community so they find that in that trump movement and these people just want to agree they want to socialize i'm basically they want to agree on every issue and they want to socialize which i i find great um um yeah i mean it, it's sort of sad they can't find that somewhere else uh, but these people i guess they just don't have that sort of community back in home so they they go out to these events in long for the community which they find um and there was actually, the woman I was talking to, she and I had a uh, disagreement about Antifa on January 6th. Talked about it for a little bit. I mean, she was very respectful. She was very smart about it, in my opinion, compared to a lot of Trump supporters who were there that I talked to. And, yeah, so she think Antifa joined um, Storm January 6th. She thought it was a setup. So, actually, at the end of the day, Trump hugged a January 6er. So in her, her argument, I guess that would mean Trump was hugging a January Sixer, or uh, hugging a member of Antifa. I just thought, I just thought that very wild when I learned about that. And he actually did the next event I went to do, which we'll get into now. Uh, June 27th, uh, I was going to do a doubleheader for the two frontrunners at this time. DeSantis 
and Trump. Um, and my first minute was for DeSantis. I'll just talk about this very briefly. I asked probably my most notable question this cycle. I asked about the peaceful transfer of power and then Trump abated it. So they to talk about how American principles are so important. Now, one of those principles is the peaceful transfer of power. <clears throat> so I asked about that and he gave this really bizarre answer like I wasn't anywhere near the Capitol. You know, I didn't enjoy seeing what happened, but we, we, we can't be mired in the past. We can't be relitigating the past. Like, buddy, I wasn't asking what your geographic proximity from the capital was. I was asking if a peaceful transfer of power occurred that day. So, didn't answer my question. Um, and 30 minutes later, I, maybe probably an hour, I asked a question. I went to the event where Trump was headlining an office opening. He's going to be there for like 15, 20 minutes, greeting people, signing hats, and all that stuff. So, um, I eventually got there, and there's a decent showing, 600 people in this small area, so it was actually a pretty good showing. Um, and let me tell you something. My April 27th event, I was just with this woman who was very smart, but when I compared her to other people, and I feel like as the primary, uh, when our primary got closer, and Trump's words, supporters seem to get uh, more energetic. Now, you can take that one way or another, but definitely his supporters, in his words, his supporters have gotten more energetic since 2016 or 2020, so I've heard. Um, and definitely, 27, the 27th of April meant June 27th. I definitely noticed a difference. I think we were at indictment number two at this point, uh, indictment count two, and his supporters were threatening members of the media telling them to uh, telling them to F off and all that stuff and this one female reporter and a lot of members of the media are usually pretty small folks like 5251 and 5152 and she got up and they, there's one Trump supporter who I thought was mentally ill he, he was acting irrationally and he just went up to her, pretended to give an interview, then got the child to chant fake news around her and tell her to get off. I hear a lot of stories like that from a lot of members of the media. I think it's unfortunate. Uh, it definitely play, It definitely shows how much of an influence Trump's speech and language um, have on them. Indirectly, Trump could mean thing one way or another and probably means it one way or another, but his supporters probably take it the other way. Trump has this scary level of influence on him based on what he says, which is something I found very interesting. Uh, we got in, we got into the event, you know, got past Secret Service. I should have the Secret Service these events. They're, they're very professional. They, they know what they're doing. Uh, they're great people. I talked to some of them. They're very nice people. Compared to a lot of other private security teams, I think a lot of private security teams like from uh, different candidates, such as DeSantis, are very hostile. They are not nice to me at all, but the Secret Service are generally very professional and are trained on how to handle the crowd well, which I which I love. So, got into the event. Two hours I waited in front row for him um, with my hats, hoping to get signed. My the main event I saw was there's this January Sixer. All right, so there's no January Sixer. Right? These events are usually one to two January Sixer. They're bragging about what happened. Uh, so this one, January 6th, was bragging about how she stormed the Capitol and uh, beat up some police officers. 
Um, there's a crowd of 10 people around her, and they're just congratulating her, calling a hero, telling her she had so much valor. Uh, just something I found so interesting and yet so sad at the same time. Um, I think anybody who takes advantage of a, a horrible and tragic event uh, like Kyle Rittenhouse did um, and that guy who killed the Sultan Milan, I just think that's uh, it's a bad show of character. No matter what you do to try to get media attention or just attention in any way from an event where, which people were killed from, I, I don't like it. Um, so eventually Trump came in. Um, I mean, these people just go crazy, and Trump, probably one of the most charismatic politicians I've seen. One of the most charismatic politicians in the 21st century. That's why he has a base of support so strong. He looks everybody in the eye, points the, points at them, and lets them be heard. And oh my goodness, the president's looking at me. Um, and Trump does that. He makes them feel seen and heard. He points. It just it really goes to show that he's a he's a great retail politician. So came in, crowd goes wild. I mean, it's almost like a rock star concert. Um, and comes in, shakes hands. Eventually gets to me. I get to shake his hand. He didn't like sign the autographs in my section, but I got to shake his hand. We made eye contact. That's what I call a win. I was pretty happy about that. I met DeSantis and Trump in one day. Two front runners for the race. I kind of is a success. So, I want to talk about some of the uh, describing words I've learned about Trump. He is charismatic. He is charming. Those are attributes you can use dangerously if you want to to rile up your supporters. And these people, they really seek community. And the community they find and Trump's attributes keep them in. And his base support is unwavering and they will never move to another candidate unless Trump tells them to. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. You can go to my website, quinnjamesmitch.com, for more info about me. Or if you want to just get in contact, my Twitter is my about my me section. Uh, thank you for listening to the first episode. Um, I hope to release episodes about this weekly. We'll see what we talk about next. Thank you. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.